Today we're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 4. Peter is getting to the end of his letter and he's beginning to get practical, applying what he's told us about this wonderful eternal living hope and asking us to think about what difference that's going to make to our lives. And how are we going to build the church? How are we going to serve one another? Remember, this is in a context of suffering. This is a theme in Peter and the verses before I'm going to read and the verses after talk about suffering. You know, life has been tough for us, hasn't it? But it was certainly tough for the people who are reading this letter. They were a sidelined minority. They were ridiculed by the pagans and rejected by the Jews. They faced accusation and persecution and discrimination. Many of them would have known people who'd had to flee their homes or even been killed because they were Christians. And Peter himself had been hauled in front of authorities for preaching. He'd been flogged, he'd been imprisoned. He'd seen close friends like James and Stephen killed for their faith. And so Peter writes to encourage people who are isolated and fearful and discouraged. And he reminds them of the truth that we are called to be the people of God. Remember chapter two, where it talks about us being like living stones, being built into a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Andy, when he preached about this, he brought a brick into church and he talked about that we are stones. We're meant to be built up together. I think of us more like Lego bricks. You know, when the Lego bricks come alive in the Lego movie and create something awesome, create something beautiful. And that is what God wants us to do together. For this season, we've been you know, in the pandemic, just thinking about our own household, our own concerns. And Peter is saying, no, lift your heads. Look at the household of God. And so let's read these verses in chapter four, verses seven to 11. The end of all things is near, therefore be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. I don't know about you, but when I read a book, I often go to the back where you find out the information about the author, because I like to know a little bit of the background of the author, what they've done in their life, where they come from, what other books they've written. And I find that in the Bible too. As I look at this letter, 
I immediately think about Peter and what he was like as a man and what were the experiences that may have molded him and shaped how he writes this letter. Peter was one of the 12 disciples. He was in the inner circle, very close to Jesus. He was impulsive, a bit larger than life. Sometimes he said exactly the right thing and sometimes he got it totally wrong. One, th one time Jesus would be commending him, the next he would be rebuking him. He was very human. We can relate to him. He loved Jesus. He followed Jesus closely and he knew that Jesus loved him. And he would have known how Jesus wanted to build community. He lived it with Jesus for three years. So we have to take his words seriously. And in this passage, they're very brief, they're punchy. He says, in effect, pray, love, be hospitable, serve with God's grace and strength. You know, it's a bit like those signs you get that hang up in kitchens where it says, you know, love, live, laugh. But this isn't sentimental. No, in fact, he puts it in the context of the end times. There's an urgency in what he is saying because the church is under pressure, just like us. And you know, sometimes when people talk about the end times and feel under pressure, they can think, oh, like everything's just gonna get worse. What can I do? And they get a bit passive. Or else they even retreat. And you hear about groups that, you know, stock up with cans and retreat to the woods because they think the end times are coming. But Peter is saying, no, get involved. Be faithful stewards in these times. There are a number of parables that Jesus tells about being a good steward, a good manager, where the master has left someone with a, 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 an amount of money or a vineyard or a farm to look after. And then the, the owner comes back and the steward has to give account. And that's the kind of picture that Peter is painting. We need to get involved with the church because Jesus is going to return. Our days are numbered and we need to do what we can. I don't know when you were a teenager or a young adult if you were ever left in charge of the house and your siblings by your parents when they went away. I can certainly remember those moments and usually your first thought is the fun you can have. And, you know, I don't know if you ever had parties or things like that. But there comes a moment when you realise your parents are going to be home soon. And you will scurry round to get rid of evidence of too much fun. Uh, maybe get your homework done and do the washing up and you will be ready for when they come back. And we need to be ready. We need to do all we can to build the church so that people can hear the good news of the gospel before Jesus returns. And that's what Peter is encouraging us to do. He starts by saying pray, and that's always a great place to start, isn't it? To just come to God and say, in this season, what do you want me to do? How can I serve you? Fill me again with your Holy Spirit, with your gifts. And then he says, love. Love each other 
deeply. Wow, that's quite a challenging phrase. It's not just being kind, it's not just being patient, love each other deeply. I mean, I don't know about you, but we can find that hard to love the people we live with, you know, that we've chosen, our, our partners or our best friends, to love them deeply. Sometimes we get annoyed and irritated, don't we? And he's saying, no, the family of God, love them deeply. This isn't a business, an organization. This is a community. And Peter knew that. He knew that Jesus loved deeply that Jesus would be moved by the needs of people in the street, in the crowd, and he would act with compassion. Peter says that love will cover a multitude of sins. Now, he isn't saying that love kind of sweeps sin under the carpet, because actually Peter himself could be quite forthright and challenge people. But he's saying that when you're truly loved, when grace comes to you through love, then your sins are covered. And he himself knew that. He knew Jesus covering his sins with his love. Peter often got things wrong. The worst moment for him came on the night before Jesus was killed. They were all together and Jesus had shown his love. He'd washed their feet. He'd, he'd poured out to them everything he could and he warned them that he was going to die. And Peter is like, you know, I'm ready. I'm with you. I'm, I'm ready to go to prison. I'm ready to die. I won't leave you. And Jesus is like, ah, you're not going to make it, Peter. You're going to deny me. And we know, don't we, that that night in the courtyard, Peter lied, he hid, he cursed, he denied Jesus. He wept bitter tears when he realised what he'd done. The sin, the guilt ate him up. But the story doesn't end there. After the resurrection, Jesus meets with him. He cooks him breakfast and he speaks to him and he restores him and he forgives him. And three times to match the three denials, he says to him, yeah, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. And what Jesus is saying to him is not only do I love you and I forgive you, but you still belong, you're, you're, you're not disqualified. And if you think about that, that's amazing. Jesus could have said to him like, yeah, I forgive you, but will you just stay quiet for a few years and, and learn a bit more maturity? But no, the Holy Spirit comes and on the day of Pentecost, it's Peter who stands up and shares the gospel and thousands come to faith. Friends, whatever your story, don't disqualify yourself from serving because Jesus loves you and he will restore and renew you and fill you with his spirit so you can find your place. You can be a living stone still being built into the community of God. 
I think Peter's also being very practical and saying, if you love others, you'll give them a bit of leeway. You'll be kind to them. And if they annoy you or irritate you, you, you won't be hard on them. You won't judge them. You won't say, oh, I'm going to quit church because so-and-so hurt me or upset me or let me down. No, let's cover each other's sins and be gracious to one another. One of the best ways to show love is to show hospitality. I remember um, quite a few years ago, we were moving from one area to another area and we were moving to Bracknell and we went to visit one of the churches in Bracknell before we moved to kind of, you know, just begin to look at churches and decide what, which one to join. And we went, it was a great service. We felt welcome. The kids got on great in the kids' work. And then after the service, the pastor came up to us. He saw we were new and, you know, had a chat with us. And then he said, oh, what are you doing for lunch? And we said, well, we're probably going to go to McDonald's or something like that. And he said, oh, just hold on a minute. I'll see if I can arrange something. And we thought, oh, wow, he's going to invite us to his house for lunch. How hospitable, how kind. Well, it wasn't quite that. Instead, he went to somebody else in the church who had children of the same age as ours and asked them if they would have us for lunch. So all five of us went round to this family's house for lunch. They spread their meal. They included us. Well, we didn't go and look at any other churches because we'd been made welcome. People had been thoroughly hospitable to us. And, you know, church, I say to you and I say to myself, we need to continue to practice hospitality. We're not in lockdown anymore. We can meet together. We can invite people around. We can go for a walk. We can go for a coffee. We need to share food around a table again together. And that will make such a difference. And it starts with lots of simple things. I mean, when you have someone around for a meal, actually you prepare the whole house, don't you? You tidy up and you know, you get the food in, you lay the table, you check there's loo rolls there in the loo. You know, you make everything ready. And that's what we do every single Sunday. To open the doors for over a thousand people, there's a lot of preparation that goes into it. The sound needs to be on and the, the heating and the worship team need to rehearse and the kids' toys need to come up. And all that requires your help to make it welcome for people. And it also goes down to tiny little things like when you sit in a row, you know, being friendly to the person who's sitting next to you. If you don't know them, don't imagine you're on the tube and just, you know, look at your phone. No, engage with people around you. Let's cross the room to the person who's sitting by themselves and let's be truly hospitable to people. Peter did that himself. I mean, one of the first homes we know that Jesus went into in Mark 1 was Peter's home. And he went there, he was invited by Peter. As it happened, Peter's mother-in-law who lived in the home, in that house, she wasn't well. So it probably wasn't ideal to bring Jesus round. But of course, Jesus 
loved deeply and he reached out to the mother-in-law and he healed her. What joy there was in that house then. I always think it's a bit funny that then the mother-in-law gets up and has to make the meal for everybody. I mean, surely someone could have said, no, you, you take it easy. You've been ill and you've been healed. Just take it easy. But no, she's ready to serve because she's so grateful for what Jesus has done for her. Other times, Peter got it wrong. Remember when the crowds were pressing around Jesus and they needed to be fed and Jesus looks at the disciples and they're like, no, send them away. We've got nothing. And Jesus had compassion and he said, no, we must feed them. Look at the resources you have. What's in your hand? Let's feed them. Let's welcome them. And Peter goes on to do that in the whole of his ministry. There are times when he's really challenged, like to reach out to Gentiles and to welcome them and preach the gospel to them and see them added into the family of God. Let's be hospitable people. And, you know, right now, I want to say a very big thank you to all of you who've done that who've been hospitable, who've served, who've helped us open the doors since we've opened up since lockdown. Those of you that have served with your masks and your hand sanitizer and made it work so that people could come back into the household of God. Thank you. We have really appreciated what you have done. And, you know, it's amazing, isn't it, when there's all different people working and serving together. It really shows something of God's grace. You know, Peter himself says that the grace of God is shown in its various forms when people serve. And that echoes a verse in Ephesians 3 verse 10 that says that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God is made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. When we get together, when we serve, there's just variety and diversity that's, that brings glory to God. It's like, you know, a whole bag of Lego bricks that are all different colours and different sizes, and then something beautiful is created and comes together and points to God and his diversity and his grace. It's just a practical demonstration of the love and grace that God has shown us as individuals. So we're called to be a church that prays and loves, that's hospitable, that serves with God's grace. Now, obviously, we usually want to serve in an area where we feel we have gifts, where we feel we can make a difference, where we feel we can enjoy ourselves. And it's great if you can get into that sweet spot. But it doesn't always happen immediately. You might have to try serving in a different area and, and just work out where's the right place for you. And sometimes you have to just respond to the need, to what's in front of you. I remember when my kids were little, I had three children quite close together. And since I'd been a teenager in my heart, I had that longing and calling and desire to be 
a pastor and a preacher and a teacher, but that door hadn't opened for me. And so where did I end up serving? In the crash. I didn't want to do that. I was with toddlers all week, but that's where I was needed. And actually, I look back on those times in the crash and just being alongside other team, other women, I learned so much about caring and parenting and life. I was glad I was in that room. And I think there's a room for you. There's a team for you. There's something for you that will bring together your unique gifts and the needs of the church. And we will build something together that is glorious because God wants to use all of us and he will be glorified in that. And that sounds wonderful, doesn't it? But we also know there is a reality to it, getting there early, checking in, you know, serving can be, yeah, it can demand something of us. It can cost something. But if we're willing, it can be part of how God changes us and God changes others. And it doesn't have to be draining. And Peter himself almost says that. He says, if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things, God may be praised. This isn't about working hard, earning God's favor. It's not about, yeah, getting weary and tired. It's looking to him to equip us, to refresh us, to give us the gift so that we can serve, to give us strength so that in this post-pandemic world, we can move towards others. We can play our part. And if you're in church today, if you're watching this today, there's going to be opportunity for you to do just that. But maybe you're watching online and you're not yet back in the room. Maybe there's health issues or things that are restraining you right now you can still serve others. You can pick up the phone and give someone an encouraging call. You can join a Zoom group and be the person in that group that maybe helps with the tech or prays at the end or just contributes to the life of the group. Let's build a community where we love each other deeply, where we are hospitable to each other, where we serve, and through God's grace and God's strength, he is glorified in us. Let's just pray. Lord, we ask us that your grace and your Holy Spirit will equip us, that we will play our part in this household of the family of God. And we will find that in doing so, you will be glorified and we will receive much grace. Amen. Well, we're going to respond to the message by singing together and lifting our hearts towards God. <laughs>